Game one goes to the Phoenix Suns, but did the Pelicans figure some things out that could let them steal game two? Let's break it down in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans at NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Monday, ready to break down game one, a loss for the Pelicans against the Phoenix Suns, 110-99. Not as bad as we thought it really might be. So we'll break down what the Pelicans did well and what they can do to potentially get a win in Game 2 and just kind of the overall expectations for this series. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, five days a week, Monday through Friday. No paywall, breaking down the biggest moments of the season. And it's going to be a fun offseason as well. And today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Bet Online. Today, uh, BetOnline.net has you covered this season season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. All right, so it was a 110-99 loss for the Pelicans. The time's looking really bad. They only scored 34 points in the first half. They looked out of sorts. The, the Suns' defense was just absolutely swarming. This battle was going as poorly as it could, and New Orleans looked like they were going to get blown out by 30 or 40. Just keeping this one under 30 going into half felt like a win for the Pelicans. And look, you don't need to overreact too much to this series. I get there's frustration. There's frustration from me on this because they did some things that were just very clearly wrong. And we'll talk about those. But it's game one of a series. I have much more leeway for Willie Green and his rotations and these players than I do in, say, the elimination game against the Clippers where he almost threw it away. And some people even said in the comments of that show, I was a little harsh on him. Maybe, but in the sense of a game seven, you've got to get it right. In a game one of a at least four-game series, you have time to kind of figure some things out. This is like a heavyweight fight, right? Where you're not going for the killing blow, the you know the the knockout blow, I should say. In the beginning, you're, you've got your guard up, you're throwing some jabs, you're trying to see what lands, what's working, what isn't. That's what game one of a series, especially for an underdog like the Pelicans, can really do. So I'm not nearly as mad about this game as I w- was about what happened against the Los Angeles Clippers right? This one was always going to be tough. The Suns have the best record in the NBA by, I think, eight games over the Memphis Grizzlies. They've been the top team basically all year long. They won 18 straight games at one point. They're well coached. They have role players that know their roles and are really good. They have stars in Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and then a great third player in DeAndre Ayton. We'll get to all three of those guys in this one. This is an uphill fight for New Orleans. If I'm picking the series, I would have probably picked it, honestly, in Suns or in four or five. I don't think New Orleans has much of a chance in this one. It's not a knock on this Pels team. They deserve to be here. They're a good team. They're just not as good as the Suns, who've been nearly historically good all season long, right? They're the number one seed for a reason. And there's moments in this game when New Orleans look good, and there's moments in this one where it looked like an eight versus a one seed. And the eight seed wins that something like 95% of the time. So this series isn't about trying to advance. And this postseason isn't about trying to win the, the NBA finals 
or get as far as you can. I think for the Pelicans, this is more about growth and development. Make mistakes, learn from those, watch the film, improve, adjust, practice hard, and in the, the next game in that series, go out and play better. And then when you screw up in that one, if you screw up in that one, you do the same thing, and it's just progressively get better as the series goes on and learn and use these minutes, use these moments for development, for growth, to really be a springboard for next season for New Orleans. So going into this series, I didn't have tons of expectations for the Pels just because I think the Phoenix Suns are that good. They are my title uh, favorite. They were the team I would have picked at the start of the year to win the NBA Finals. I think they are that good. And they've looked at this year and they looked at it in this one, right? New Orleans did a lot of things wrong, but there's fight in them. They are capable of making the right kind of adjustments that get them back into the game. We saw it in the third quarter, and we'll talk about that in the next segment. What did they do differently? They made adjustments. They had it with an eight going into the fourth, and then Chris Paul went supernova just on another level, right? Like he was amazing in that fourth quarter. If he doesn't do that, this game's different. They The Suns only won by 11, despite Chris Paul having himself basically like a career in the fourth quarter in this one. And the Suns are the best team in the clutch by far. They're, if you looked at some of the numbers, right, if you go by the net rating and things like that, they're the best team ever in terms of clutch net rating. And it took Chris Paul going for 19 points in the fourth quarter to get them to win by 11. I don't know. That says a lot, I think, about New Orleans, that he's called the point god for a reason, right? So when you kind of look at this game overall, you've got to actually feel pretty good. New Orleans figured some things out. And this is with subpar games from Brandon Ingram. And even though he scored in this one, CJ didn't have the best shooting night overall. And you had a horrific Jonas Valanciunas game. We'll talk about that one in the third segment here. So overall, not too bad. It's fine for game one against a historically good team like the Phoenix Suns are. I think that's really important to keep in mind. We can get upset about things. The rotation needs to change, certainly, right? No more Devontae Graham minutes, please. You know, we got to talk a little bit about Jackson Hayes, and that'll be something we probably discuss tomorrow, which is going to be what are the adjustments New Orleans needs to make heading into game two. That'll be the Tuesday show. The Wednesday show will be kind of similar to what we're doing today. What did we see in this game? What did what worked? What didn't? And then so on and so forth. And that's going to kind of be a lot of the rhythm of the series till we have kind of like an extra day in there, which I think is Thursday's episode. So we got a lot to talk about. So let's dive into it, right? Let's get into that third quarter when New Orleans started to turn this one around, outscoring the Phoenix Suns 37 to 26. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Athletic Greens AG1. This is something that I've started using every day. I started taking AG1 because I'm really trying to be much healthier this year in 2022. And AG1 is something that I can do super easy every single day instead of trying to take a big supplement routine or anything like that. It's just a scoop of AG1 in a cup of water and that's it. Shake it up, drink it, and now I'm getting better gut health. I have more energy. I've optimized my immune system, and I don't need to take a million different pills and vitamins and things like that. And it tastes good too, which is always an important thing. So what is this stuff? 
With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Basically, all of the things. It tastes good, and it's easy, and it's good for me. Sign me up for something like that. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, and it still tastes good. And it also helps support better sleep quality, which is important for me when I'm recording every night around midnight. You all comment on my eyes. It's because I'm tired. I need more energy the next day. I need to sleep well. And AG1 is helping me do that. It's a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. And AG1 has over 7,000 five-star reviews. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water a day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, this is athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's really that simple. I eat one of these things every single day and I look forward to eating one of these things every single day. I'm going to be on the road again for work and I got a bag filled with these to keep me going throughout the day when I just need to eat something, get some energy, get that protein in me to feel a little bit better. Built Bar is my go-to because they're delicious. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They have delicious flavors like mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate. Those are three of my favorites. You can also get a mixed box where you're going to get two of each of their nine core flavors to find out what your favorites are. And most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which they taste exactly like, or any sort of snacky thing. Built Bar is going to win every single time. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you're going to get 15% off your order. I use that promo code myself when I spend my own money on these things. Again, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off over at built.com. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. Now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA playoff game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You need the local expert breaking these things down for you. That is what... Locked On Now does. We don't like national media, right? They don't know what they're talking about. But your Locked On hosts absolutely do. Go check out Locked On Now for your quick recap on all of the playoff games every single night and day. All right, we are talking about the Pelicans losing to the Phoenix Suns. Game one of their first round playoff series in the Western Conference, 110-99. As I said, right? Like, overall, this is not about winning this series. This is about development and growth and getting better every single game for New Orleans. And it's nice when you can get better in the game. And the Pelicans really started to do that in the third period. They came out looking like an entirely different team. And I think that's really important, right? You saw them come out firing just differently with Jackson Hayes. I don't know if that two-big lineup is something they can do a ton of in this series. But what they did in the first half by putting Jackson Hayes in the corner and not really doing anything with him isn't going to cut it and certainly is going to mean so you cannot play those two bigs. The Suns were guarding him with Devin Booker. Devin Booker is, I don't know, an average defender. He's not subpar, but he's not good. And they were hiding him effectively on Jackson Hayes, who was standing in the corner, who's not going to shoot threes from there, right? You're not going to let him do that in the playoffs. 
And he wasn't getting the ball enough to drive. So essentially, New Orleans was playing four on five. But at the start of the third quarter, you saw them get him moving off ball a little bit, running him in the pick and roll more to be a lob threat. And he went out and he scored four points in four minutes at the start of the third quarter. That's how this team kind of woke up. They stopped with the stagnant offense. They stopped with just not really being able to do anything. And they realized kind of what worked against the Phoenix Suns. And that's important to kind of realize, okay, we can score with them after a putrid first half, right? And I'll talk about this in the next one. That is not because they were missing open shots. They were creating terrible looks, really difficult looks in that first half. This was not just a cold shooting night. That was the Phoenix Suns defense. But New Orleans started to figure it out in the third quarter. And they realized that by going small, with Larry Nance Jr. at center, with Trey Murphy out there on the court, it opens things up for everyone else a little bit more. And they started to get it going. Larry Nance Jr., when Aiton's not on on the court, can out-hustle and works well enough in space to be a plus defender. And he's good as a small ball five at times. You saw it in this one. Nine points for him in the third. Trey Murphy came in, and in the 7 minutes, 46 seconds he played was a plus 14. They needed that from him. He hit his three. He rebounded well. And you could see the spacing just get better. And we'll talk more about how bad the spacing was in, in the first half in the next segment of today's show. But figuring that out, figuring out what was working was important. Najee Marshall was tremendous in the third quarter, defending Devin Booker and then creating some stops and letting this team run in transition. They're not a good half-court team. They've not been a good half-court team, but they can score buckets when they run. And you do that by getting stops. And they started to in this game. They were forcing misses from the Phoenix Suns and they were rebounding well. They had the rebounding advantage in that third quarter. And I think this is really important. When we did the crossover with Brendan from Locked On Suns, you know, one of the things that I was worried about was if you go small, do you lose the rebounding advantage that you have by having Jackson Hayes and Valanciunas out there? And Valanciunas had a tremendous amount of rebounds in this one, right? Finished with 25 rebounds on the night. But even with him being a little bit limited and going small for an extended period of time in the third quarter, New Orleans still out-rebounded the Phoenix Suns 16-6. to They still managed to get... 16, uh, six offensive boards for those attempts at second chance points, even though they didn't really convert those very much. That was big. They were able to get into transition, semi-transition really, and score early. They weren't running and scoring on the fast break, but they were getting some early offense through getting those stops. That stuff like really, really matters, right? And it gives New Orleans the a big advantage and an easier offense in playing this sloggy half-court offense where the Phoenix Suns will absolutely destroy you because they're an amazing defensive team. And so that third quarter, I think, really gave New Orleans an idea of what they need to do. More of Trey Murphy, more of Najee Marshall in there, Larry Nance at the five, Brandon Ingram and CJ, and you could see they were shooting a little bit better. That's the best shooting quarter, for the most part, for Brandon Ingram. And he scored five points in that because the spacing was significantly better. That's an important thing. And I think you're going to see some big changes potentially to the starting lineup, though I don't think you need to do that just yet. And we'll talk about that more in tomorrow's show. Uh, But you should see a very different rotation because of that. Because New Orleans was getting stops, semi-transition opportunities for them, easier offense, 
And look what they were able to do. They outscored the Phoenix Suns in that one, 37-26, and clawed their way back into this game down eight. That's a good spot to be in for an underdog, all things considered, and given how bad they looked offensively in the, for, in the first half. And defense wasn't the problem in this game. Look, Chris Paul does that. There's really no answer. And maybe you can limit him a little bit with some different changes. Um, blitz him with two guys, perhaps, though he's just going to burn you with passes if you do that. Or maybe a slightly different rotation. But look, that part of the game is an outlier. The rest of it is very real. And there's data that you can kind of take away from this and adjustments you can make. And you really started to kind of see some of that in the third quarter. Using Jackson Hayes more as that lob threat. Getting fouls on guys really opened things up. I think that's a really important thing for this team going forward. Don't just stick dudes in the corner. Get back to that .5 mentality, that .5 style of play that you want to run because they got way too stagnant in the first half, a little bit scared at times too, and the spacing was terrible. Open things up. You're also the underdog in this one, right? Do, you know, To an extent, it's Lanyap where you are right now. Play a little bit looser, a little bit freer. Take some chances that you might not otherwise make because you're not expected to win this in the first place with the things that you have been doing. And Trey Murphy, Larry Nance Jr., and Najee Marshall all unbelievably, unbelievably important parts of that third quarter run. And that was why New Orleans was able to get back into this one. Devin Booker in that period, 11 points, which when you look at him on the night... It looks a little sketchy, but I thought Najee Marshall did a very good job. It should have been more for him. And they went away from him at times, too, in that period, which I thought was a really, really good thing. But get those stops, force those misses. They were two of eight from three in that period, um, which some of those were looks they just bricked, but also some of those were actually decent contests. Get those long rebounds, run, get some easier points. That's how you're going to be able to kind of keep up offensively with this Phoenix Suns team because their defense is good. <laughs> You saw it in the first half. Their defense is good. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info, so you can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and start of Major League Baseball season over at BetOnline.net. The line was Pelicans plus 10.5. It finished with 11. Is Vegas going to have the right adjustments for New Orleans, though? Is that going to be closer in Game 2? I have a feeling it might, and if they get another double-digit spread, I might be jumping all over on that one. So BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available five days a week for y'all. No paywall or anything like that. We're here Monday through Friday. Hit that subscribe button. Subscribe on YouTube as well. Tell a friend about the show and leave a five-star review. And now for your second listen. You know we've got Locked On Saints, right? That's football season's going to be here before you know it. Get caught up on everything black and gold with host Ross Jackson, who is, by the way, going through Pelicans fever himself right now. So make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Saints and it is your second listen today. But today we are talking about the Pelicans loss to the Phoenix Suns 110-99. So let's talk about that first half. They got better in the third. I thought they played reasonably well in the fourth quarter other than the stuff from Chris Paul who's just, look, point God for a reason, right? 
But the offense was a problem in the first half. And it was really the reason they lost this game. You can't spot a team as good as the Phoenix Suns, a 23-point lead. You just can't do that. And New Orleans really wasn't doing anything right. Again, the starting lineup of Jackson Hayes and Valanciunas in there probably played too long. This is one that I think will change as the game goes on. But playing Jackson Hayes seven minutes and just parking him in the corner isn't going to do anything for you. He didn't take a shot in the first quarter. He only grabbed one rebound. When he's standing in the corner, he can't go out and get offensive boards. He can't do that, right? You've got to involve him more in that, particularly because DeAndre Ayton is a problem, and he gave Valanciunas fits all night. While Devin Booker went out and scored 25 points, Chris Paul had 30. You could argue that DeAndre Ayton was kind of the, the best player on the court at times for the Phoenix Suns with 21 points, nine, uh, sorry, nine rebounds, but four blocks. He bothered Valanciunas so much. Valanciunas, seven of 21 in this. He grabbed 13 offensive rebounds and couldn't get any second chance points off of those, really. Finished with 18 on the night, right? That looks good. But he really struggled. Anytime he would grab an offensive board, you had DeAndre Ayton in his face, bodying him up and either blocking the shot, pushing him away from the basket so that he couldn't get momentum in his legs underneath to get those putbacks. It's part of why he was 7 of 21 in this one, 33%. Ayton bothered him all night. If you can get Jackson Hayes involved a little bit more and you can get Ayton in some sort of foul trouble, that opens the game up a lot. Aiton had four fouls. There's ways to maybe kind of go at him with your bigs a little bit more if that's the route that you want to go. But this Phoenix Suns defense is stifling. Um, Bridges, as the primary defender, Pelican shot against him. This is per Andrew Lopez of ESPN from ESPN Stats and Info. Two of 16. Another Herb Jones-esque numbers right there. He's gonna be he's gonna finish in the top three of defensive player of the year. He was that good. And he was all over this. And when the Pelicans make it easy by running some non-shooters out there, right? So that the space is worse for CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram. And you really saw it by putting a guy like Hayes in the corner, a non-shooter, having another non-shooter out there at times too. Anytime they started to try and get some dribble penetration and get got inside the three-point line, they were doubled, right? They blitzed them. They threw two at them. And then the second they shot it or passed out, the Suns, who again are one of the better defensive teams in the league, right? Spread back out and crowd the paint and took away Valanciunas all night. The second anyone on the Pelican shot, look at how many defenders there are for the Phoenix Suns down low. It's tough. It's an effect, it's an effective strategy. And it's one that New Orleans needs to counter by lineup changes and rotation changes. This is where wings like Najee Marshall and more importantly, Trey Murphy can go out and can at least space the court because you really saw Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum bothered by the lack of space. Same for Valanciunas. Anytime he went up, there were at least two dudes on him. And there's dudes with length because that's what the Phoenix Suns have in this one. There's not really a small lineup that they're going to throw out there. You're going to lose when that is the case, and that's what really happened in this one. I've seen the uncontested numbers and all of that, right? That ain't it. The first half, Lopez tweeted it out. I think there were four of 18 on uncontested shots. 11 of those were threes. Two of 11 on uncontested threes. This team is 27th in the league in terms of three-point shooting. Is there anyone other than CJ you really trust to shoot the three ball, like really trust? I don't. 
And so when they're taking those uncontested threes, that's in a sense a win that the Phoenix Suns want them taking. So when you look at those uncontested numbers, it's not nearly as simple as it sounds, right? Subtract the 11 from the 18, you're left with 7. They were 2 of 7 on uncontested non-threes. That's a fine number. That's not like an, an, an ungodly thing, especially when those numbers aren't in some of the tracking stuff isn't the best overall. But you saw how they were contesting everything. This was not a good shot selection for New Orleans in the first half. All of those shots were really difficult. And it was made difficult because of the lack of spacing in the lineups they were running. That is going to need to change. Otherwise, the Suns defensively are going to stifle the Pelicans offensively again. And you're not going to win very many games. When you score 34 in the first half, I don't care about how well you play in the second half against one of the best teams in the league that we've seen in a while, right? The best team in the league this season. You can't spot them 20 points. And that's what New Orleans did with some of those lineups and some of the offense. The guys fought hard. Tons of fight in this team that has been a calling card of their all, theirs all season long. And that's what makes this series fun. You get time for adjustments. You get time to look at film. You get a little bit of practice time and you can make some changes. And Willie Green is great at coaching these guys up. And that's what we're going to talk about in tomorrow's show. So while they lost this, there were a lot of mistakes that they made. It is a series and not one game. They're not out of the playoffs just yet. So there's a chance that they can learn from this, apply those lessons to the next game, get a win in Phoenix and steal home court advantage. I mean that. And that's what we're going to talk about in tomorrow's show. The adjustments they need to make going in to game two. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. Leave a five-star review. And make sure Locked on Pelicans is your first listen. As always, I'll be back with you all tomorrow.